0: Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: He sure is worthy, isn't he? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we worship you this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus. And we're asking Holy Spirit you'll take over this service. I pray that you'll use me just as a set of clothing Fill me in such a way that, uh, Lord, you'll be able to grab a hold of every, every mind and every heart and do in it today what you desire. We come to worship you in spirit and in truth, and we ask that you'll help us to be pleasing in your sight, for we pray in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Open your Bibles, if you would, this morning to the book of 1 Thessalonians. I'm sure you can find your way there. We'll give you a moment. First Thessalonians, you know, often we need to remind ourselves as preachers that there are folks who attend our services that are new Christians, right? And this is all, do you remember when you first went to church and the preacher said, open the Bible too? And man, you just got tired of looking and you just stopped right where you were and pretended like you were there. Ever happened to you? And so we want to be gracious and kind to those who are, you know, new Christians and this is new to them, and they bring the Bible to church, and the preacher says, open up to the book of Hezekiah. <laughs> and just can't find it, right? First Thessalonians, join me, some of you are going to look for that when you get home, right? Let me know if you find that. Let me, let me make out with that. Look at chapter 3, First Thessalonians chapter number 3, if you would, and uh, we're going we're gonna to read down just a couple of verses this morning, and I pray I'm, I'm a blessing to you. I trust the message being be an encouragement to you. Look at verse 1, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1. The Bible says, Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timothy, Timotheus, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. Verse 3, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. For verily, when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation, even as it has come to pass, and ye you know. Let me draw your attention back to number, verse number three. Look at verse three, it says, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. Do you, do you make it a habit of marking your Bible? Underlining, highlighting—if you do—I want you to—I want you to mark that word afflictions there. At least make a mental note of it. And then also in verse number three, I want you to notice he says, "For yourselves know that we are." Look at that next word, appointed. Appointed there unto. And so again, if you like to mark your Bible, at least make a mental note of the word appointed. And if I, can, if, I can bring them, if I can bring them together for us this morning, I want you to notice how Paul speaks to the church in Thessalonica about affliction being appointed. In fact, I've, I've labeled it appointed affliction. Now, what does that mean? It means this. Now, pay attention right here. It comes with the territory. Say that with me. It comes with the territory. Uh, here's another way to look at it. It's been assigned to you. Are you with me? Now, I don't like that. I don't like thinking about the idea that there has been certain afflictions assigned to me. But that's what Paul said. Paul's writing the church here in Thessalonica. He's concerned that they were concerned about him. In fact, he was concerned they were overly concerned about him. This was a new church. This was a young church. Uh, when you study uh, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, you come to realize that they were just new converts. And, but man, they, they, just, they, they just got a good dose of it. Did you ever hear somebody say, boy, when that person got saved, they got saved all over, or they got a good dose of it? They got it from their head to the you know, top of the head, bottom of their feet? I mean, they got it. They really got it. They were genuine in their faith. And they had a love in their heart for paul because paul was the individual that went there and kind of stirred them up and preached the gospel and don't you always have just an infinity uh, an affection for the person who led you to jesus in that true class and so paul was concerned that they were concerned about how he was doing and so he writes them and he mentions in verse number three something about this appointed affliction and he said in verse number four, and ye know. In other words, Paul's saying, I've I, I, I already told you that because of who we are, because of what we're doing, we are going to face some difficulties. It's just assigned us. Or in other words, it comes with the territory. Do this. It comes with the territory. Isn't that right? Uh, I'm not sure if you remember or not, but I, I remember nursery rhymes, and one of them years ago, I don't know if it's even out, out any longer. We don't, we're not raising children anymore, Don and I. Thank the Lord for that, you know. But, uh, but you remember the nursery rhyme, Humpty Dumpty? Remember that? Remember Humpty Dumpty? Where's all the young people? Did you ever hear Humpty Be honest now, how many have never heard of Humpty Dumpty before? Go and raise your hand. Wow, look at that. Humpty Dumpty, well, he sat on a wall, and what you know it, Humpty Dumpty had a great, a great fall. Now here's the truth: all the king's ho- all the king's horses, all the king's men, they could not put Humpty together again. How about that? And the last I checked, the dude's still broken. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Humpty was broken. And I bring that up because of this. Life is filled with broken things. Isn't that right? Think about it for a second. Life is filled with broken things. Uh, Broken dreams. Go ahead. It's okay. Broken dreams. And broken relationships. Come on, get with the program. And broken hearts and sometimes broken bodies and broken lives. And we can go on, we can go on, because life is filled with brokenness. And, and, and listen, as Christians, uh, that's true of us as well. The Christian life is filled with broken things. We, uh, look, look here, you don't get an immunity card when you get saved. Wouldn't it be great if we did? Huh? I mean, to tell you, boy, I'd I'd have, I left my wallet somewhere. I don't want to tell you where it's at, because then you'd go find and rob me. Uh, But uh, wouldn't it be great if every once in a while, Tony, we can just, you know, trials come, affliction come, pull out that immunity card? Wouldn't it be awesome and just smile? But it doesn't work like that. In fact, we get an invitation card. Come on, bring it on. And it's almost like it finds us. Difficulty finds me. Affliction finds me. Why is that? because it's appointed. It's assigned. It just, it just comes with, it just comes with uh, the territory. And you know, when you think about it, I, I put this slide up uh, on the screen there. By the way, we are going to fix all this. We're going to get new screens. And, and so that way you can see way in the back. You know, uh, we're going to fix it. Right now, we're, we're struggling with it, but we're, we're going to get it fixed, I promise. But brokenness, you know, look, look, look here. Brokenness is a biblical reality. In fact, it's a biblical, listen to this word, necessity. It's a biblical necessity. You know what a necessity is? It's something you can't do without. And in the Christian life, God uses brokenness to mold us into the image he prefers us to be in. And of course, that's the image of Christ. He wants us to be uh, like Jesus. And brokenness is God's way of molding us. Uh, we read about in Jeremiah, uh, you read this before, Jeremiah 18. We're going we're to point there in just a little bit. But in Jeremiah 18, you read about this analogy of the potter and the clay. Right? And, and you know this, you know in that story, God is the potter and we are, we are the clay. And in Jeremiah's account, the clay is marred. And what does the potter do? The potter reshapes it. The the potter remolds it. The potter remakes it, uh, so to speak. Unlike in the case of Humpty, all the king's horses, all the king's men could not put Humpty together again. That's not true in the Christian life because God works to break us only so that he can remake us into the image that he wants us to be. Amen? And so brokenness, even though we don't welcome it, we don't pray for it, we may not even enjoy, well, we don't enjoy it, it is there on purpose. God's got a purpose uh, in this this brokenness. And you know, we live in a broken world, and we're all affected by it. When you look at our study here in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 3 and verse number 3, you can see the reality of it right? You know, you know what they call every once in a while, uh, and I've picked this up, and that is not, I, I didn't create this, but I like this. You know, when God begins to break, it's called the Humpty Dumpty effect. You know, write that down, the Humpty Dumpty. Look at that. Isn't that a great slide? Can you, can you see it back there? The Humpty Dumpty effect. And God begins to just work in us uh, breaking us to make us what he wants us to be. And Paul speaks about this. He speaks about this, <coughs> this set of afflictions that comes into our, <coughs> comes into our lives. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, for example, as a child of God, as one of his children, the longer you stay you know, active and as long as you continue to grow your faith, here's what you're going to find. Uh, difficult circumstances are going to come your way. Suffering of some sort is going to come your way in that right adversity of some sort is going to come your way you know what adversity is adversity of course common difficulty right Uh, did you know that god uses adversity sometimes just to get our attention are you aware of that you know life has a way of distracting us and some of us are easily distracted you know and if we're not careful, that distraction uh, could take us down the road that we, we, we really, God, God, God doesn't want us to go down. And so what he does is he allows for and sometimes sends a bit, of, a, a bit of adversity into our lives to grab our attention and to bring us back. It's to kind of remind us that we've drifted a, a, a bit. And he loves us and he wants us back. And so you'll find in the Christian life difficult circumstances and suffering, adversity, and at times even persecution. You ever been persecuted for your faith? I know it seems so minor here in our day and age. Uh, I think this, I think back during COVID, especially in the state of New Jersey, California, New Jersey, I think two states that kind of led when it came to uh, being persecuted, church being persecuted. Isn't that right? Uh, I was pastoring in Florida at the time, and we didn't have it nowhere near, nowhere near as difficult as you folks did. In fact, we are praying for you. I, my heart was burdened for you. In fact, one Sunday morning, I remember getting up uh, with tears in my eyes saying this to the church. I feel as if I've abandoned uh, my northern roots because those guys are up there fighting, fighting for their faith, fighting to just open up their churches. And here we are having church because our governor down there. Yeah. <laughs> pray for his wife, Casey. She just... Uh, got past breast cancer. She had breast cancer. Good, just good guy. I remember him saying this. He said, at wide open, man, he said, we're not going to touch the church. Uh, We're not going to touch the church. They were going crazy down there, you know, trying to do the same thing as they did up here. You know, we're not going to touch the church. Our governor led the way. But I remember you folks going through some real difficult times during And that's persecution. But even at that, even at that, think about some of the persecution that has been in the past and that is going on right now in foreign countries. And so maybe we get called a Jesus freak or a holy roller, you know, a Bible basher. Really? That's not much persecution in it. However, however, I think it's going to get a little bit more difficult. And and so this, this affliction, it's not random. It's on purpose. It's appointed. I want you to get that this morning. It's assigned to us. Are, are, are you here? Are you with me? Uh, and, and there's good reason for this affliction. Here's what I want to do in the next few moments. I want to give you a neat little list. We're going to call it Biblical Reasons for Affliction. Okay? And just a neat little lick. You, you can tuck it. You can tuck it in your purse. You can tuck it in your wallet. You can write it in the flyleaf of your Bible. But I want to I give this to you before you leave this morning because guaranteed, You are going to go through some difficulty. If you're not already, if you're not in it right now, soon enough, something's going to happen in your life that is going to be uninvited, unpleasant, unwanted, but not unnecessary. Did you get that? Not unnecessary. Because when God sends it our way, there's a reason for it, it's on purpose. And so let me give you just a couple of things. In fact, I'm going to give you five. Five, so if I say five, you know that we're not going to preach alone on any of them, okay? Because I usually can barely get through three, you know. Uh, But I'm going to give you five reasons for affliction, appointed affliction. Let me begin with number one, reasons for appointed affliction, to test and try our faith. Go and think about that for a second. You know, sometimes we might, we might say this, why in the world is this coming into my life right now? Why did God allow a sign? Is it warm in here? No? Okay. I thought I'd try. <laughs> it's warm under these lights, I'll tell you that, but that's okay, don't dim them. Uh, did they just dim them? No, I think I walked out from underneath of them. Uh Why does God afflict us or allow affliction to come into our life? Sometimes, sometimes it's just to test. It's to try our faith. Amen? You know this as well as I. The Christian life is all about faith, right? And let's let's just get, let's just agree on this. When it comes to faith, what are we speaking about? Faith is when you and I trust God and God's Word. Isn't that right so when you talk about faith it's simply this you know I'm going to trust what God said you okay well thank you buddy I appreciate that yeah put it somewhere I won't where I won't kick it Tony like right in the center there that's perfect thank you my bud appreciate that uh, faith now think about faith biblical faith it's when you and I take God at his word it's not a shot in the dark that's not faith Huh? Well, I, th- I think I, think I want to, I'll, I'll try this and see if God will bless it. No, 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 no. That's stupidity. Huh? That's foolishness. True faith, now get this, true faith is when you take God at his word. God said it, I believe it. I'm going to trust him, right? And so when you talk about faith, you know, afflictions come our way, test and try our faith. It's simply because we, God, God wants to make sure our faith is valid correct? I mean, we have saving faith, true. We're saved by faith. That's where it starts. It's where it begins. That's how we enter in. Ephesians chapter number 2, right? Verse 8, for by grace are you saved through, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, lest, and so we get in by faith. Are you with me? Huh? It starts with faith. And here's what it is. It's simply this. It's you and I trusting what God said in his word. Jesus said, John chapter 6, get this now, John 6, verse 47, he that believes in me has everlasting life. You either got it or you don't. You either trust it or you don't. Isn't that right? And so somebody comes up to me, Dean, and says, uh, uh Pastor Ian do you know for sure you're going to go to heaven when you die? My reply without hesitation, without reservation is, yes, I do. I know for a fact. How do you know that? Because Jesus said, he that believes in me has everlasting life. It's got nothing to do with my pedigree. It's got nothing to do with my, my uh, attitude. It's had everything to do with what I'm trusting. And what I'm trusting in is God's word. That's salvation. That's faith. Faith is when you and I take God at His word and trust Him. And so if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior, or if I were to ask you, if I were to say to you, you asked me a little bit ago, remember? <laughs> so if I were to ask you, Dean, do you know for sure you're going to go to heaven when you die? And you say, yes. yes I would say, how do you know that? And you would say, Because I read this, and you are trusting this. Now, if Dean were to say to me, you know, preacher, I'm just not sure, I don't know if I I can say for sure that I'm going to go to heaven when I die. I don't know if anybody can say that for sure, then I would show him God's word. See, my testimony, my experience, my stories, my cliches are just that, mine. What he needs is a word for himself. He needs to trust God's word for himself. Are you with me? And faith is simply this. It's you and I taking God at his word and trusting it. Now, now, get this. I want to turn the corner. If that works for salvation, don't you think that'll work for life? And so, we're not only saved by faith, but we're kept by faith. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Uh, the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Amen? So, what got us in will keep us in. What got us in will keep us. And it's just trusting God, trusting in His promises, trusting in His principles, trusting in His word. That's faith. Right? Now, get this every once in a while, an assigned affliction comes our way. A difficult circumstance, a little bit of suffering, some bad news, whatever. You call it whatever you want. It comes our way on purpose. Why? To test and try our faith. Does that make sense? Huh? Now get this statement. Listen. A faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. So if when a trial comes your way, when a difficulty comes your way, and you fold, your faith is not that that strong. It may be valid, but it may not be that strong because you're just not growing. So how do I pastor? How do I grow in my faith? Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 10, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know what that means? The more intake of the word of God, the deeper or the more faith I have. Why? What's well, faith. It's simple. Faith is you and I trusting God's word, taking God at his word. Are you with me? Amen? Can I move on? Somebody say, move on. (laughs) All right, I'll move on. Number two, throw it up there. Affliction comes our way to purge and purify our life. You ought to jot that down. To purge and purify our life. And so every once in a while, when something happens to us, instead of saying, oh my, why now, why me? We ought to say, "I I like what James 1 and verse 5 says. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which give it to all men liberally. Yeah. Right? You, it, it, right? You read that before, right? Have you ever noted where James 1, 5 kind of falls in line? It comes after verse 1, 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> Do you know what's in verse 1, 2, 3, and 4? Verse 2, my brethren, cannot all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh, worketh patience. Paul, uh, James says, let patience have her perfect work that you might be entire, perfect, wanting nothing. In other words, what he's saying is this. When trials come, don't, don't run from them. Allow them to, to do their work in your life because they're going to make you mature. And then verse 5 says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. In other words, what he's saying is this. If you don't understand why you're going, what you're going through, just ask God. What are you trying to t- He didn't say question God. He said ask God. Big difference, right? Huh? God, what are you trying to teach me? What's the lesson you want me to learn? And sometimes when these trials, afflictions come, God is trying to, look at the screen, purge and purify our life. John chapter, you can jot this down, John chapter number 15, the words of Jesus, verse 1, verse 2, said this, I am the true vine, my father is the husbandman. Now pay attention. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. But then he said this, every branch that beareth fruit, you know what he does? He purges it. Every branch that bears fruit, he purges. Why? So that it'll bring forth More fruit. So there's fruit, there's more fruit, and then there's much fruit. You know what the Lord wants us to do? He wants us to bear much fruit. And so you know what he does, Joe? He purges us. Huh? On purpose, assigned, comes with the territory, appointed, affliction. Why? Because he loves us so much, he wants to get the best out of us. You know what the psalmist said, Psalm 119, he said this. Uh, What a great verse. He said, before I was afflicted, you might know the rest of it, I went astray. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. In other words, here's what he's saying. "I I was just wandering. I was astray until God brought some affliction into my life and got my attention. Are you with me this morning? Huh? Did you get that? Before I was afflicted, I went astray. And so I was wandering because sheep have the tendency to wander. So I was wandering and wandering and wandering. And then all of a sudden, God said, That's enough wandering. And you know how God brought him back? Affliction. Put a little difficulty in his life. Hey, has God ever put a little bit of difficulty in your life to bring you back? Got your attention, brought you back. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that good? You know, thank the Lord for that. Let me give you another another item on the list. So, why does affliction come our way? Number three, to cultivate and mold our image. To cultivate and to mold our image. I, I mentioned this a little bit ago. We won't turn there for the sake of time, but you can read it for yourself in Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. You know what you find there? You find there the analogy of the potter and the clay. Many a a message has been preached about that, correct? Isn't that right? And here's what happens. You know this. uh, The jar is marred, and so you know what the potter does? The potter says, we're going to make this over. And it's a picture of, of you and I, you know, getting saved and just being in the master's hand, you know? And he's just creating, he's creating this thing of beauty. Now, pay attention carefully. He's doing that down here. So that will fit in up there. Did you get that? There was a years ago. There was a a, a, a uh, church building being built in New York City, and they were creating this beautiful edifice, and they were going to put a steeple real, real high. And they were almost finished with it. People would gather along, along the sidewalks and just just watch the workers all stone beautiful, a beautiful edifice. And one day, this one fellow. Was walking by and he and he caught he caught over here it was a, a few guys working and they were tediously they were tediously uh, uh, cultivating this one stone. I mean they were working on it and working on it and 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 the, it caught the guys' attention and so he went over to the to these uh, to these uh, what do you call guys Mason, these masons and uh, masonry workers and and the fellow said excuse me but why are you putting so much effort into that one stone and you know what they said to him they said, we're preparing it down here so that it fits in up there. You know what this is? Look here. This is an education for heaven. Huh? In God's economy, this is just a drop in the bucket. This is just a day. I mean, I know for us, it's life. And man, all of a sudden, I get this news and this circumstance, and that changes. And oh, my soul, what am I going to do now? But for God, he's just saying... I'm just, so you fit in up here. I mean, for us, man, we want to throw in the towel. We want to give up. I thought he loved me. Hello. Oh, he do. He loves you, he loves you too much to leave you like you are. Uh, because here's the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is you matter. You matter to God. God's gifted you with things that he needs you to use. Are you with me? Huh? And the only way sometimes for us to use them is when God begins to purge us so that He can make us what He wants us to be. And so, number three, to cultivate and mold our image. Can I give you one more? Are you okay? You sure? I don't want to overload you. We can come back tonight deal with this tonight. All right, number four, throw it up there, guys, if you would. Look at this one, to build a resistance against apathy. Say apathy with me. I want you to say, I don't care. That's apathy. I just don't care. Huh? And here's the thing, look here now. At times, even the best of us, and this is the best of us, at times, even the best of us get a little cold and motionless. In our Christian life, Are you with me? Doesn't happen. Uh, ha- have you ever have you ever knelt down to pray and your mind is everywhere, but on your prayer? Huh? It ever happened to you? You know, I've, I there's times I promise this is true. If I if I if I were to go fishing tomorrow, tomorrow's Monday. If I were to go fishing now, if I was in Florida, I just I just might. Uh, but if I were to go fishing tomorrow, you know what I want to do on Tuesday? I'm going to fish again. And if I should happen to have the week off and I go fishing Monday and Tuesday, guess what I want to do on Wednesday? I want to go fish again. And if I should happen, I should go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, guess what I want to do on Thursday? I want to fish again. I I just, I'm built that way. I just love to do those things. So here's what happens. Since I can't fish, I'm not on vacation. I preach all day on on you know Sunday, I go into the office on Monday morning, I do a little clerical work, I make sure all the staff is working, and then I get out of there as quick as I can so that I can go fishing. On Tuesday morning, since I gotta go back in, so I'm in the office at eight o'clock, I got staff meeting at nine, music meeting at 10, I mean, it's just a busy day. As I'm praying sometimes on Tuesday morning and I got my prayer list out and I'm going through my prayer list, all of a sudden my boat just goes right across the page. <laughs> And there I am, I'm I'm pulling in this shark. Do you, you ever get distracted like that? Huh? See, if we're not careful, even some of us who are really serious about our faith can get distracted and become motionless. And we begin to develop this, you know what? They don't care, I don't care. Kind of an attitude. So you know what God does every once in a while? He'll send some affliction, appointed affliction, in our direction just to stir us and to cause us to see right where we are and to bring us back to where we should be. You know, there's only one way to serve God, and that's with everything you got. Are you with me? Huh? A few years ago, I don't remember when, Donna, but we, we had a yearly theme, and the yearly theme was All In. And I preached January, first Sunday, January, about being all in. And then it talked about all in in the church, all in in your family, all in, all in, all in. And there's only one way to be when it comes to the Lord. you got to be all in. Right? You can't have one foot in and one foot out. God doesn't want, He doesn't bless that. He wants us to be all in. Look here, if Open Bible Baptist Church is going to be what God wants us to be, then we need to be all in. Not just the preacher, not just the staff, not just the deacons, not just a few lay leaders, but all of us, every single member of this church has got to say, I am in. I'm in. And you'd be surprised what God can do if we all just got in. Huh? Say, preacher, what's it mean to be all in? That's another series of messages. <laughs> but you've got to at least want to be. You've got to want to be. You gotta wanna be. You'll never be something you don't wanna be. You gotta wanna be. Amen? Amen. And so every once in a while, God will send affliction into our lives to remind us of how much we need him, right? And help us to refocus our life. Can I give you the final one? Here's the last one, number five, to prove the presence of the Lord. So sometimes, go ahead and flip it, guys. Sometimes affliction will come. You don't have a five? Come on, really? I promise I put it in there. I did have to go in a little while ago and change a couple words around. How'd you lose five? Man. Stink. All right, well, we don't need five. Here's number five, ready? To prove, I promise it's there. It just just doesn't want to show up. To prove the presence of the Lord. Listen to what Isaiah said. Isaiah 41, you know this verse, verse 10. He said this, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Now, now we either believe that or we don't. It's either just a a, a nice Bible verse or it's a great truth that we're going to trust. Ah, there it is. I knew it was there. You guys are playing with me again. See, I told you it was there. We We either trust it or we don't. Look at it again. Well, you don't have it there. Fear thou not. Now, here's what he said. For I am with thee. I am with thee. To go into the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 13, right? You know what he said there? I will never, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. My presence is guaranteed. Now listen, there comes time, don't miss this. There comes times in life when we can't experience nor enjoy his presence. At that very moment, Steve, you've got to believe the fact that he's present. I've been in some, I've been in some valleys in my life. Been in some difficult times, you know, and, and times where I'll be honest with you, I felt like I was all alone, and I was wondering, where is he? And during those times, I just had to believe the fact, trust the fact, trust the word that he's promised never to leave me. Fear not, I am with thee, is what he said. Isaiah forty-one ten. He said this: Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Don't geek, don't be confused. I am God, fear not, I am with thee, don't be dismayed. Don't get confused, I am thy God, that helps me. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And so here, the answer to fear, the answer to dismay is the very presence of the Lord. And so you know what he does, now pay attention, He allows some affliction to come into our life just to show us how close he really is. And he draws us closer to it. You can give testimony. I know you can. I know you can give testimony. Some of you who have been down the road, some who have had some health scares. Bob Smith, who just had a health scare. Uh, My sister Mary had a health scare. My wife years ago had cancer. And you know what happens through it? When When you have genuine faith, it draws you closer. And you enjoy his presence at a completely different level i told you this before people would ask me after donna's illness after her uh, recovery from cancer and all that people would say well pastor what did you learn more than anything and if i were to sum it all up i can trust what i believe i mean before we went through that valley i believed it but that trial that affliction Caused me to realize I am really trusting Can you trust what you believe? The Lord is always there. Affliction magnifies His presence. So Humpty Dumpty, he sat on the wall. Old Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men, they just could not put old Humpty together again. How about that? but that's not true in God's economy. Everything God does, he does on purpose. And he does through the the prism of love. He loves us so, so much. And he's at work making us into the likeness of Christ, and affliction is that tool that he uses. Now, I missed it, but I heard that a couple of weeks ago, somebody here sang one of my favorite songs. I heard that Brother Booker sang Broken and Spilled Out. I didn't get a chance. I wanted to so many times, Brother Sam, go back and, and listen to it. But I heard you did a tremendous job. But that's a great song. And I'll be honest with you, if I was here, if I was sitting there or there wherever, and you sang that, I promise you, I would have had tear in my eye. Because that, that song, I just thinking about it. It's just a very special song to me. And I first heard that at a very special time in my life, and God used that. One of the verses says this, broken and spilled out just for the love of you, Jesus. Listen to these words. I'm finished. Broken and spilled out just for the love of you, Jesus. My, 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 my most precious treasure lavished on thee. Do you know what your most precious treasure is? Your life. Your life. There's nothing more precious than your life. Uh, broken and spilled out, listen, And poured at your feet. In sweet abandon, let me be spilled out and used up for thee. I remember, Raji, back in a long time ago, I was sitting on the platform, the Southside Baptist Church where I pastored. I was sitting right here, my seat was right here. The young lady came up onto the platform. I can just see her, I can just hear her. We were going through some things at that time. And she sang the song, Broken and Spilled Out. And I remember I remember saying, Lord, I want to be used up for thee. I want to be used up for thee. But I wasn't too anxious to say, I'll be broken and spilled out. But that's the process. That's the process. If you want to be used up for him, and I trust you do, it's going to have to break you. So that he can spill you onto somebody else's life. And now for a number of years, I, I for a number of years, God has just been spilling out our life on the other people. And I'll tell you what, at times it stinks. Because sometimes you say, well, what about me? And then somebody comes and spills out on you. But there's nothing like, there's nothing like being used up for Him. Trust me. Isaiah said this, and I'll finish. He said in Isaiah 61. In verse one, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach. And then in verse three, he said, That now pay attention, I promise I'm done. He said, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. Get get this to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Here's what the Lord is saying: Hey, look, look here. If you trust him, he's going to make a trade. He'll take the ashes and give you beauty. He'll take the mourning and give you the oil of joy. What a trade. huh? Uh, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And here's what he said. That they might be called trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he might be glorified. A point of affliction. I would hope that you and I want to say today, God, I really do desire to be used up for thee. And if the process is to break me so that you can spill me, Amen. Amen. If you're not sure, if you're not sure, be honest with them. Father, this is all new to me. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just finding my way, but I want to get there. If that's what you want, I want to get there. I just want to be an obedient child of God. Amen? I think we closed up service on Wednesday night. By the way, we're doing Summer in the Psalms on Wednesdays. We had a great time Wednesday night. We had a great service. And we closed up with this, with this song, Trust and Obey. Was that Wednesday night? Trust and obey. I get this. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way! We just trust and obey. I trust today. We'll desire to obey. Amen. Let's pray together. Our heads are bowed. In just a moment, piano will begin to play. And I want you to think about this. And we're, we're almost we're almost finished. We're going to get you out the door in just a little bit. I want you to think about this with me. Maybe maybe right now. Maybe today. Maybe in your life, you're going through that, that time of affliction. Maybe you've not labeled it as affliction, but it's a difficult time. It's a hard time. You might even classify it as a dark time. It's just not a time that you would welcome or invite or kind of prepare for yourself. But God has. It's appointed. It's assigned. It's just part of the territory. You might, need, you might need some encouragement. You might need to get next to a brother or sister in the Lord and just... Let them encourage you. Iron sharpens iron. That's the only thing that will. We need each other. Maybe you need to talk to your pastor. Maybe you just need to be reminded of what we talked about this morning and just draw close to him. Trust him. Trust his word. Trust those promises. Trust those principles. Trust that truth. It's for you. God will get you through. do will make you stronger. Let These trials and troubles have their perfect work that you might be mature, complete, perfect, wanting nothing. But then, friend, if you're here this morning and you've yet to put your faith and trust in the Word of God, when it comes to salvation, if you're just not sure that when you die, you're going to go to heaven, I mean, it's just that simple, there's no way to sugarcoat it. If you're just not sure, then man, there's no better time than right now, get it settled. Jesus declares in Scripture, he that believes in me has everlasting life. I mean to tell you, you can have it. You can know it. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand, piano play. If you feel the need to come and find a little spot, pray this morning. Maybe that a point of affliction has visited you. Maybe you need to come and ask the Lord for continued guidance and grace. I'm standing right here. If you're not sure you're saved, I'd love to chat with you, pray with you. Have a woman talk with you if you're a woman, a man if you're a man. Just share the gospel with you and get it settled. Father, please now have your will and way in every mind and every heart. Draw us to a good place where we can make good decisions. For we pray in Jesus' name and amen. Let's stand together.
0: Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.